When you're acting as your doodle's teacher during training, do you know their learning style? Take our exclusive fun and free quiz to find out at thedoodlepro.com slash learning and make training more fun and successful. There's a lot of misconceptions about the best way to use music for relaxation. And I know you've studied this a lot. Some people will just turn on the TV and leave the house or they'll turn the music really loud trying to mask any outside sounds like other dogs barking or the garbage truck or something, or they turn it on right when they're leaving the house. What are your tips and tricks to be able to maximize the relaxation of music like yours? Good question. I have things I'm starting to really teach people. Sound is a thing. It's just an invisible thing. So it's sometimes easy to forget as humans. But we have to remember that dogs hear almost twice the hertz range as we do. So what that means is they can hear almost twice as far and their frequency range from their bass to their treble, the high, is more extreme than ours. So we're at 20 hertz if we're let's say, middle age or younger. Dogs are about 45 hertz if they haven't lost some of the hearing. Cats, are, by the way, are almost twice as high as dogs. So they may be hearing things you don't hear. And so when people say to me, I know I'm aware of sound, I leave the TV on all day. I, I would go bonkers if the TV is. And I only have half the hertz range my dog has. Mm. And you have no control whatsoever what is coming on that TV. There might be gunshots. There might be construction noise. There might be beeping. There might be traffic. There might be airplanes, anything that actually could cause your dog anxiety. I'd rather be home in silence all day than TV going on. So also when people say, I play my classical music station, a classical music app, that's a fabulous start. It really is. I commend them for their awareness that their dog's sound is really important. But again, you don't have control. Doodle breed dogs are easy to love, but can be challenging to parent. I'm doodle expert Corinne Gearhart, also known as the Doodle Pro, and I'm here to help doodle parents have a more fulfilling and rewarding experience with their doodles. No one has professionally worked with as many different doodle breeds or has more experience with doodles than I have. And I love to share my expertise in a fun, compassionate, and non-judgmental way. From my years of work and education in the pet care and dog training industry, I have an incredible network of skilled training, grooming, and veterinary professionals to share their knowledge with you and give you the doodle-specific answers you're looking for. I hope you enjoy today's episode as I help you parent your doodle like a pro. I am constantly streaming specific music with our guests and my dog into our home, and I notice a big difference. There are a lot of mistakes that people make when they try to use noise to help calm their dog. One of them is increasing the volume really loud and trying to mask outside sounds. That's not very effective. And it can actually be aggravating the dog as their ears, as we know, works so much differently than ours. Instead, we want to calm their system and help them reach more relaxation. Another mistake people make is turning on music just when they're leaving. And that can create a departure cue 
which can create more anxiety in your dog, especially if they experience any level of separation anxiety. Then you're equating this calming music with you getting your shoes on, grabbing your keys and leaving, leading to isolation, which some dogs, especially post-pandemic, the most trouble with. So there are wonderful tips and tricks to using music with your doodle. And I am excited to help share those today with our guest. She is known as the pet calming maestro. And she jokes that her Juilliard education has gone to the dogs. She is going to share with us today her well-researched tips that helped fuel her albums, her membership, her expertise that have led to her music being played in more than 1,500 shelters all over the world and in the Doodle Pros home for Shed Free Stays. Let's listen to Lisa and you get a private show at the end. After we talk to Lisa, stay tuned because at the end of the episode, you get to have a concert with Lisa playing one of her favorite dog calming songs. I am thrilled to share with you today, Lisa Spector. Lisa is Juilliard trained says her piano playing has gone to the dogs. And I personally play her music for Doodles in My Care daily with our Shed Free Steak here at the Doodle Fro. And I'm excited to share her music and her expertise on how to help your doodles relax with music. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. It's such an honor to be here. I don't think I've ever talked to a group of all doodle owners. We are unique and fabulous. Because you're unique and fabulous. Oh, you're too kind. (laughs) Can you share with our listeners a little bit about your concert pianist background and your background with dogs? As I know you've worked with service dogs and you do some work with your present dog as well. Sure. I joke on my podcast that my Juilliard degree has gone to the dogs because I did not plan on that when I went to Juilliard. No one goes to Juilliard and say, I want to play concerts for dogs, but that's what I do. And I I grew up on a piano bench, basically. I've been playing since I was seven. And by the time I was 11, I was at the piano three hours a day. And that's pretty much all I did all through my childhood. And our family cocker spaniel was always by my side. It was just so sweet. Even after she went deaf, I'd sit down at the piano and from upstairs, she'd find me at the piano. It was so sweet. Way back in 2003, when I was also a volunteer puppy raiser for Guide Dogs for the Blind out here oh. in California, I had a very rambunctious four-month-old puppy, Sanchez, Yellow Lab. And when you meet trained guide dogs, they're calm and they're centered and they're focused. Four months old, they're puppies. They're rambunctious. <laughs> it's still a puppy lab. Exactly. <laughs> and I also had a group of four-year-old kids, human kids, and they'd come in crazy, wild and screaming and yelling. And I wanted to figure out how to settle the kids and get them to focus for their class time, for their music class. And so I started studying what was out there in the world of music for children to get them to calm and focus. And I found the right prescription of classical music and they like 30 seconds flat, the right Mozart or whatever it was I was playing on the stereo and CDs back in those days, they'd be Mm -hmm. centered and focused in no time which was great. And then I looked over at my four-month-old puppy and he'd be snoozing. And I'm like, oh my God, I think I'm onto something. Uh, I wonder if anyone has ever created music for dogs. And that's how it all began. Oh, that's amazing. And then I know that you 
had an unfortunate injury that then led you on this complete new path. Do you mind sharing that story? Sure. Unfortunate and fortunate in many ways. Yes. Of course, at the time, it felt very unfortunate. Five years ago, in 2017, I fell and injured my right hand so severely that it's seven fractures, needing four surgeries, a million alternative therapies, and a medical professional early on told me I would never be playing piano again. Oh. And of course, it was devastating. I proved her wrong because even when my hand was in a cast, I started playing music for left hand only. And then now, five years later, I'm playing full concerts. Not only dog music, but Rachmaninoff and Chopin sonatas and big works for two hands for people as well. Yeah. However, I also realized early on when my hand's in a cast and I'm playing music for left hand only, and I had a 10-year history career of creating music for dogs. So in 2003, when I had that idea, and then it developed into research with a veteran neurologist, and then a launch in 2008, and then 16 albums and so forth. And I stayed with the original company I co-founded for 10 years, left them. And then during my hand recovery, was really thinking about my left hand is playing lower frequency. So for Non-musicians, what that means is lower frequencies are middle of the piano and lower bass. Now, not all instruments have access to lower frequencies. Violin does not. Flute does not. Oboe does not. Higher frequency instruments, just they're beautiful. They just sound different. I thought about all the research I had been involved with and also read that worked for dogs playing music for them compared to control groups with no music compared to TV, compared to classical, heavy metal, jazz, and so forth. And one of the things that all the research had in common is that lower frequencies have been proven over and over to calm the canine nervous system. I'm going to put this really simply for your doodle listeners. It's nighttime, let's say, and you're It's just sweet time. It's quieter in the house. The kids are asleep. And you kiss your dog at night. You say, good girl, good boy. You just don't even think about it, but you instinctively drop your voice to a lower volume, probably volume also, but lower frequency or register. And you're using long legato signs. You generally wouldn't say, good girl. You know, you'd just say, good girl, good boy. If your dog is about to cross the street and you want to get his or her attention really fast because there's a car coming, you're going to instinctively go into high-pitched, short, staccato, high-frequency notes. Fido, here. You're just going to do that without even thinking about it because the Fido here is not going to get (laughs) his Because the higher frequency charges your dog's nervous system. The lower frequency with the slow down, lower, long legato lines in music terms calms the canine nervous system. So that's mm-hmm. what I do in music. And sometimes now, not all the time, but sometimes I do that with my left hand only. Amazing. And for our listeners, stay on until the end of the episode. Lisa is going to play live for us a special piece that she knows helps really relax your dogs and apparently children too. 
yeah. for my house of boys. I will be sure to be making sure that they listen to this song as well as the rest of your music. I'm always streaming and I'm going to watch to see when I'm playing it for the dogs if they're calming down too. I know that your music is used all over by pet professionals and shelters. Where is your music being played now for dogs to be helped to relax? So when I was with my first company I co-founded, I was volunteering in shelters. Probably so many of us have done that or do that. And we all know that the dogs who are anxious generally don't get adopted because they're not always wanted. So I knew if I could do something to really relieve their anxiety, that would improve their chance of adoption. So this was way back in 2008 when everything was in CD format. I personally started reaching out to shelters and put something on the website saying, we have free music for you. Would you like us to send you a CD? Us meaning me stuffing envelopes in my home office. For the dog. The post office or something. (laughs) But it was all worth it because I'll never forget this call from a shelter manager in Ohio. And he was in tears. And he said, Lisa, this is the first phone call from my desk, I have been able to make in 10 years because it's finally quiet in here because your music has stopped the dogs from barking. And let me tell you about Trello. Trello has been in here a year. And finally, when he heard your music, he settled down and he got adopted. And he's in his forever home now. And I just knew I had to get this out more. So I applied for grants and got a grant from Bayer Animal Health, who I personally stuffed 500 envelopes to get those into shelters. And then they added a thousand. So last I know, I'm not in touch with the company, but last I heard it was playing in 1500 shelters. Amazing. And now it's so much easier for us as listeners and pet parents. We don't have to reach out to you and ask for a hand-mailed CD. So what I do, I use, I'm not going to say it loudly because then it'll start playing, (laughs) but I use my smart speakers, Bexa, and I just say, play your music and it streams into my home. It's just so easy. So where could listeners find your music and what is the exact phrase of your album that they would look up? The album is called Dog Gone Calm. I have discovered that Alexa doesn't always quite understand that. So My Zen Pet is the name of the company. So sometimes that works better. In October, I'm coming out with an album that's actually taken from my podcast, with it, which is Meditating with Your Dog. Oh. And so that will be also under the title of My Zen Pet, the, the company title. Wonderful. As well. Yes, there's a soundtrack that my... Google Home always thinks when I'm asking for that album that it's like another Netflix soundtrack or something that has a similar name. So my Zen pet, I'll start saying that instead of dog on column because I over pronunciate each time to make it easy for myself. (laughs) And while people are playing music, particularly yours, which is free when you stream it, when they're playing it, there's a lot of misconceptions about the best way to use music for relaxation. And I know you've studied this a lot. Some people will just turn on the TV and leave the house, or they'll turn the music really loud, trying to mask any outside sounds like other dogs barking or the garbage truck or something, or they turn it on right when they're leaving the house. What are your tips and tricks 
to be able to maximize the relaxation of music like yours? Good question. I have things I'm starting to really teach people. Sound is a thing. It's just an invisible thing. So it's sometimes easy to forget as humans. But we have to remember that dogs hear almost twice the hertz range as we do. So what that means is they can hear almost twice as far and their frequency range from their bass to their treble, the high, is more extreme than ours. So we're at 20 hertz if we're let's say, middle age or younger. Dogs are about 45 hertz if they haven't lost some of the hearing. Cats are, by the way, are almost twice as high as dogs. So they may be hearing things you don't hear. And so when people say to me, I know I'm aware of sound, I leave the TV on all day. I I would go bonkers if the TV is. And I only have half the hertz range my dog has. And you have no control whatsoever what is coming on that TV. There might be gunshots. There might be construction noise. There might be beeping. There might be traffic. There might be airplanes, anything that actually could cause your dog anxiety. I'd rather be home in silence all day than TV going on. So also when people say, I play my classical music station and classical music app, that's a fabulous start. It really is. I commend them for their awareness that their dog's sound is really important. But again, you don't have control. Now I listen to classical music through streaming or through what used to be the local station and now is a global app, which is the case in most places. But let's say it's four in the afternoon when it used to be a station and it was local. At four in the afternoon, believe me, they are not putting anything on to discharge my nervous system. They're trying to charge my nervous system. So they might put on a Mahler symphony, Berlioz Symphantastique, a piece with a hundred 20 to 140 piece orchestra that's loud and that has all the booming that may cause your dog anxiety. So when you use music that's really specially designed for dogs, that's based Mm -hmm. on research, that is what really makes you a really sound aware doodle pet parent. So that's really... It's probably Doodle Pet Parent 2.0, maybe. <laughs> oh, we're always striving for that. We would like to parent like a pro. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Sit and stay right there. We'll be back right after this quick break. Dog's body language is a foreign language to us humans. Are you wondering how fluent you are? Take our free quiz at thedoodlepro.com slash body and find out how fluent you are in reading dog's body language. That will get you there. So there's what you're playing. There's the frequency of which you play it. And then there's the volume. So don't let me forget volume. It's really important. But let's talk about by frequency is how often you play it. I'm using that word differently now. We're alluding to you don't want to play it. If your dog has separation anxiety, you don't want to, dogs are so smart. They're watching us all the time. They're listening to us all the time. They're looking for patterns in everything. And if they see a pattern, you put on your shoes, you pick up your keys, you put on the music. They're like, it's panic time. They're always watching for those departure cues. Yeah, exactly. So don't add that to a departure cue. So when you asked earlier, where is it playing? It's also used in homes, obviously, but veterinary practices, it was the music I originally recorded is a big part of the fear-free movement. 
Dr. Marty Becker's for a free moment. And so if you're using it at home, veterinarians prescribe it 30 minutes a day, listen together. It's music that's for both ends of the leaves. It is music that is just as helpful at discharging your nervous system. And no matter what, if you have a dog who has any bit of anxiety, they will pick up on your anxiety around their anxiety. It's just continuous. So you want to really address both ends of the leash, which is why veterinarians prescribe it 30 minutes a day. It doesn't have to be the same time of day, but because the dogs are so good at patterns and it's a good nighttime ritual, just sit down together and have some quiet and your dog will be like, oh, thank you for this peace and quiet. And then you can use it as a bonding time with your dog too. During those couch snuggles. Exactly. Exactly. They'll be snoring and you'll you can read a book. It's not as sleepy. I don't make the changes in the music because I'm basing it on more recent than I originally did with our original company. It's very calming, but I haven't found that it's as sleepy. That's what people tell me. So it's good for reading and just getting chill together and for bedtime. So volume, because I really want to talk about yeah. volume. Most people, like when I walk into those, one mm-hmm. of those 1500 shelters and I hear my I cringe because when it's too loud, because it's not about masking sounds. It's about calming the canine nervous system. So it doesn't need to be too loud to calm the canine nervous system. And it wants to be really gentle volume. What is that volume? You want to pay attention to your dog to find that out. But I would say play it at a volume that if you were home all day or for a few hours listening, what volume would be comfortable for you that you could still hear other things? be comfortable for you and then just lower it a tad knowing that your dog is so much more sensitive to sound. That's a great measurement there. And when you were discussing earlier about frequency, by playing it regularly together during happy connected moments, you have divorced it from those departure cues. Exactly. When the dog hears the music, your doodle isn't anticipating isolation or being alone. Exactly. The the emotional connection they have to that music is something positive. And it's not the same as when they see you get your shoes on, grab your purse, grab your keys, where the anxiety level is rising. Exactly. They're building their association that the music means to be calm. All is good with the world. My person is with me. And still don't play it right before you're leaving. If your dog has any bit of separation anxiety, even if they don't, because it's just healthy for dogs anyhow, um, play it an hour, half an hour before you leave and start to mix up that pattern as well. But don't play it right before you're out the door. I tell you all this, and I'm going to tell you the same thing. If it's a thunderstorm, if it's fireworks, if yes. your dog has thunderphobia, but it, I get emails every day from people who say, my dog has thunderphobia. I've tried everything else, didn't know what to do, saw your music and streaming. I tried it and it worked. So yes. sometimes every dog is different. Sometimes it needs some conditioning. It needs some training. Other times it's like a pill and it just does work. And every dog is different. So it's really about paying attention to your own dog and finding out also pay attention to their 
where they are in source in relationship to the source of the sound. Do they go near the speakers? Do they go away from the speakers? If they want to leave the room, let them leave the room. And also be careful what other sound sources are in the house, because you might have a TV. Your husband might be watching a football game in one room. Yelling at the game. Yelling at the game. You're yelling at this box. Your dog doesn't know. It's just you're just listening to heavy metal in one room and you're put this on the other room and your dog because they're dogs we love them because they love us will put themselves in the middle of this cacophony of sound and as much as possible create a quiet environment where they can just hear the music if that's conducive to your home environment yes my husband is a huge cowboys fan and now that we have kids, he watches his language, but his temper is still there when his cowboys are disappointing them. And our dog, Nestle, wants to be with us more than anything. Yeah. So yeah. he'll be there, but you can see some signs of anxiety, right. licking, yawning. And him and I, I don't really be yelling at the TV either. I enjoy football, but not at that level. And so Nestle and I will go enjoy a quieter space together. Oh, that's so sweet. That's so sweet. Or even do something like I at four in the afternoon, I want to put on and I'm working. I want to put on music to charge my nervous system. My Zumba playlist like gets me going, but I don't. And I might put it a little too loud for Gina, for my 13 year old black lab. But I'll give her the option. I'll give her a chew bone and put her if it's cool enough outside or somewhere where it's like she doesn't because she always wants to be near me, but she's like really happy chewing her bones. So it's, it's a good time to have some separate time too. Perfect. So you talked about frequency and volume and then choice of music. You were yeah. talking about like pitch. So lower frequencies calm the canine nervous system, which is why I start my podcast. The music is left hand only. I'm going to play some left hand only music for your members today. Yeah. And lower frequencies just are faster, I mean, the canine nervous system. The piece, I'm going for dogs. So it's written for your dogs who's ever listening by a current day composer. It's not all left hand, but if you visually watch me and then also if you listen, you'll notice Mm -hmm. many places where I right hand, which generally plays higher frequencies, crosses over and reaches for the lower bass, the lower frequency. Mm-hmm. So it's over and over that those come in. They're quite prominent. Excellent. And listeners, stay tuned because Lisa's going to be playing one of her favorite songs for you at the end of this episode. So we're almost there. So you get to hear what she's talking about. Lisa, you mentioned your podcast. So we're already can stream Doggone Calm or My Zen Pet works better with the smart speakers when you ask for them. We could already stream those for free. And then what is your podcast about? So my podcast is My Zen Pet, which is the name of the company. It is the first podcast with music for pet stress. So season one was a little different than season two. So season one was all micro podcasts. So short 10 minutes episodes are net less. This season two is, I do three of those once a week, every Wednesday, Wolf Wednesday. And then one a month, I do a podcast interview. So I'm rotating a little bit. In season one, I had meditations and those are turning into an album. And as a podcast host, we're always experimenting. But I combine a piece of music with 
something in the my zen pet music system some tip whether it's volume whether it's frequency whether whatever it is about educating people on the importance of creating a dog sound friendly home environment and what they can do for their dogs anxiety and also just for overall good dog health sound health i love it and you described how vets can prescribe separation anxiety dogs listening like 30 minutes a day and that could be like the 2.0 pro parent level i can share one of our members in the doodle pro society has a real phobia of fireworks and those were just continuing and continuing in denver on the fourth of july and i shared with them your album and they went in the basement so that gave them some kind of cover from the sound and they said night two, because they kept going for a few nights of the fireworks. Night two was so much better. And they said, Oh, so fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. Is the name of the Aussie doodle. He's the most uh, handsome boy, just like the celebrity. Uh, <laughs> and the nice thing is that member noticed, I'm sure you talk about this all the time, it's little by little. That's something I yeah. learned in my right hand recovery. It's noticing the little changes. So night two might have been a little bit better. Night three is a little bit better. Those little bit of improvements really do add up. They do. And I have different doodles visit me daily in my home for what we call shed free stay here in Denver. And I don't have every day with them to spend 30 minutes to play your music, but we do play it consistently in our home. And I notice a difference when we do versus when we don't. They're in an exciting environment like a shelter, not the same level of stress, but novel, other dogs, new dogs. I want them to be able to access relaxation. And it's the best. If you follow my Instagram, you always see like dogs like totally laying on each other, sleeping on the couch. I am often playing Lisa's music when that's happening. I might be doing my admin work while uh, they're just doing oh, so sweet. And I'm sure they sense your energy around that. <laughs> Yes. Lisa, I know you've got a couple exciting things coming up. For people who are listening now in September, you've got doors that are opening just for a short period of time. Can you tell our listeners about that? Yes. So I also have a membership called the Dog Gone Calm Club. And in the club, it's where anxious dogs and their people de-stress with the My Zen Pet music system. And when this airs, you will have been a guest expert because I have once a month, I also have guest experts talk about, you're going to be talking about fearful barking. And I've had separation anxiety certified trainers. I've had veterinary neurologists who talks about energy healing. And I've had animal communicators. I love just curating that. I mean, I asked my members what they'd like. And so the membership is often closed, but we're doing a big opening at the end of September. And you can join the wait list at myzenpet.com forward slash wait list. You can join the wait list for that. And you'll be the first to know when it opens. And we'd love to have you. So in addition to learning the My Zen Pet music system, which is all Uh the things about volume and frequency and the order to do them in, I play monthly Dog Gone Calm concerts where I invite you to put your doodle on camera and and tell us about your doodle and and have that experience. So there's your prescriptive time listening with your doodle. And And I remember you did a 4th of July concert and I loved watching all of those relaxed pets 
they were able to feel more calm with the fireworks that can really just right. terrify them. And for listeners who are listening at any time, I know you also have a freebie for them just for listening to our interview today. Can you share that? And I'll also share the link in the show notes. Sure. So it's tips on how to use music design for dogs for different behavior issues. And you can find that at myzenpet.com forward slash tips. Thank you, Lisa. We are going to enjoy a little medley from you if you can share what it's called. And then I appreciate your staying on just for our private membership, the Doodle Pro Society, and playing a private show for them afterward. Thank you so much for sharing your skills. And I'm glad that your Juilliard training has gone to the dog. <laughs> Me too. So for your members, I'm going to be playing something for left hand only. For your podcast listeners, I'm going to be playing a piece written for your dogs. This is called Nocturne for Dogs, The Stillness of Night, written by a fabulous present day live composer, young live composer, Zach Goloboff Davis. He's American and I met him on an agility field. Because he's also, I'm an agility. Jean is a two-time agility champion, 13 still running. She's in the rock in the veterans class. And so I met him when I was running Jean and he was judging an agility trial. So he's a professional composer and an agility judge. So he speaks dog, in other words. So I was able to collaborate with him and educate him about the lower frequencies and so forth and how do you apply that. So it's just a beautiful piece. And again, just listen for those lower bass notes. If you're watching, you can see it with my right hand reach over to the bass. It's, it's short, but it's really gorgeous. Thank so you for playing us out, Lisa. Sure.
Lisa, I feel more relaxed already. This is the one time when I get snores as a compliment. Ah, exactly. <laughs> I will love it. You even at your voice afterwards was smooth and calm like I was listening to the classical station. Thank you. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Doodle Pro Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And I invite you to follow me on Instagram at the Doodle Pro for behind the scenes peeks at all of the adorable doodles I work with daily.